You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. Listen to the Inside Carolina podcast sponsored by JohnnyTShirt.com. We're trying to do this again. We did this fantasy football Inside Carolina podcast a couple weeks ago with myself, Gregory Hall as Commissioner Greg Barnes and Buck Sanders. And to be honest, the reviews were not pleasant for Greg Barnes and I. So Gregory's going to join in on this one. And if you're watching on YouTube, you see our fourth picker. And that's trouble for the rest of us, Sherelle McMillan. Guys, what's going on? Let's get this going. Hey, he's the rookie, so we're the veterans here. And uh, <laughs> I would argue with the uh, complaints about the football draft, the more I've gone back and actually looked at who I drafted, the better I feel. So I think that's how it's supposed to be. you, you got to have uh, faith in your picks. And so, Sherelle, best of luck to you, but good luck. I mean, buck, buck one, though. Let, let's be honest. Buck one. It's okay. No. Uh, All right. Look, hold on a second. We're going to talk about this. I got grief for picking Julius Peppers. I I mean, look, whoever jumped on me for that, you lost all credibility. (laughs) I got grief for picking TJ. I don't get it. I mean, I might pick Julius Peppers in this draft, so you never know. (laughs) Oh, is he? That's my favorite Uh, walk-on. That's my 11th pick. There you go. There you go. Gregory, let's get down to business. We're going to do it the same way we did last time. We're going to try to have picks. Gregory will explain how it goes, and we're going to try to throw in some anecdotes on players when we pick them to kind of tell you guys stories maybe you hadn't heard before. And as always, um, I'll break in at some point and talk about Johnny T-Shirt because they're our great sponsors. But uh, I'm going to send it to Gregory Hall to take it away, Kamish. All right, so we got a 10-round UNC fantasy basketball draft. Every all-ACC and draft pick from 2000 with a few additions. Uh, I made sure to make sure Greg didn't pull someone out of the hat and someone that wasn't on the list. Uh, So we've got – I may have a surprise for you. I'm sure you do. (laughs) (laughs) So we will be drafting five starters and then five bench players. The starters are one point guard, two wings, and two bigs. And then after that, you can draft five more point guards if you want on your bench or whatever, however you want to do it. You don't have to do your starters first, just if you get like your third big before drafting a point guard, that third big will count just on your bench. Sound good? Works for me. Yep. All right. Sherelle McMillan with the first overall pick. It's all you. All right. So I, first, I got to figure out how to pick. So I just press this check on the person that I want, and that's how I pick? Yep. All right, the first pick in this draft is from Latta, South Carolina, and his name is Raymond Felton. Whoa, what? now wait a minute. I get grief for TJ Yates. <laughs> <laughs> Sherelle better get grief for that pick. We'll I'm see. just saying. I have a plan. In, in I have fairness, a plan. He has a plan. In fairness, when I told a buddy of mine who's a diehard Carolina guy that we were doing this tonight, he said, you got to pick Raymond Felton first. <laughs> maybe that's the thing Sherelle with your followers he loves your stuff too so maybe that's what it is look as in football 
quarterback is the most important position, as in basketball, point guard position. With my pick, I got to pick my guy. I've been saying it for weeks now. Taiwan Lawson as my point guard. Greg is shocked. He, he is. He is just. He's angry. I. I'm, I can't believe this either. Honestly. <laughs> hey, Gregory, you you are a young buck, but even you may know this. How many uh, North Carolina basketball players have been first team All American four times? How many? It just can't be. Can't be more than two. But I'm gonna go with one. It's. I've got a the fact that the best player in North Carolina basketball history on the college level fell to the third pick. Right. Um, That's what I'm. Yeah. Thank I'm feeling you. good. I'm feeling. I'm good. angry that you're not going to pull a TJ Yates now. You feel like you have to be serious when I I'm picking. Okay. I, wow. Um, if you don't pick him in ten seconds, it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know where he was because I assumed no way that he would be available. Uh, Tyler Hansbrough, it, it's over. Uh, MVP, uh, true MVP of the 2009 National Championship team. Um, listeners, let me know what you think on that. True MVP, not voted. Gregory, you're up. Oh, this is weird being on the other side of being commission and owner of a team. All right. Well, I'm going to follow through with the point guard picks. Let's see if I can find him here. And I'm going to take my man, a little recency bias. Not too recent, but pretty recent. Kobe White. You agree with that pick, Greg? I do. Kobe, <laughs> Kobe would have been my very first point guard pick. What? Yep. Mm. Bite hey, my tongue. You have to score points to win, Sherelle. That's true. But- you know, Buck's team in football, he was, you know, no, it was Greg's team that was playing for seven to five victories. <laughs> Buck was trying to win like 96 to 30 or something. <laughs> <laughs> We're going in basketball to score 150 points. <laughs> We're not going to edit the video, folks. So if you're watching, that's the commish, Gregory Hall. He's it won't had, let me pick. He's had two weeks to get this done. Mm-hmm. Is it up there? He's on the board. Oh, I have to pick again. Okay. All right, well. I'm going to take – I'm going to switch switch routes a little bit, and I'm going to go a wing player, my favorite UNC basketball player of all time, Mr. Danny Green. What? A little defense, a little shooting, run the floor a little bit. He's my man. Question for you. What, what do you think uh, Danny Green was ranked coming out of high school? Let's, let's say a composite ranking. So all the services together. Because, you know, his story is one very much of – this kind of underdog from New York who came and worked his way up at Carolina ended up being a great player in the NBA or a very solid player in the NBA. So where would you guess, Gregory, he was ranked uh, coming out of high school composite-wise? Overall? Mm-hmm. 178. He was a top 20 player. So the, the, it's funny because it's kind of over. There. You had me yeah. thinking he wasn't yeah. as high. That's what I'm saying. The trick is it's, it's that over time it's kind of become a myth of, you know, how much he improved himself and how he's a rags to riches story. But, I mean, he's a top 20 player that a lot of people wanted. So, just thought it was interesting. People forget about that sometimes. His issue was less physical talent than it was kind of the mental aspect. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember the 2008 2019 was the first team that I have like a full memory of watching and 
him and Wayne Ellington were two of my favorite players on that team. Obviously, I loved watching Psycho T, and I was at that Evansville game when he broke the record. Uh, but I just I loved watching Danny work, and I'd love watching him now playing with the greatest player of all time, LeBron James. Christ, man, you know how to make them happy. <laughs> Barnes pick. Okay, Greg, you're up. <laughs> Davis, Greg. Um, I'm, I'm going to have a, an explosive. Well, all those are, but I'm going to have an explosive uh, offensive unit. And if you're going to have an explosive offensive unit, you've got to have somebody that can really facilitate, somebody who's probably the best passer of this group. Although I have to admit, uh, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge between Kendall Marshall and Ed Coda, but I am going with Kendall. Uh, he's he's on the staff now, so uh, Kendall Marshall will be my point guard here. Yeah, we know why you picked him, because he's on the staff now. Let me ask you a question, Sherelle. One thing that Ed Coda – I don't think he drew a charge when he was at Carolina. That was, <laughs> that, was, that was probably the myth. But when talking about Coda, he was one of my favorites, and I think he would be fantastic today. He could, he could shoot it well enough, but – yeah. If you're I, comparing Coda and Marshall, who you got? I, I would take Kendall um, just because of the size. I think, Kendall's, I think Kendall is a better passer. I think he's a more efficient passer. Like Coda was – I think – okay, let me take that back. I think Coda's passing talent had a higher upside, but I think Kendall had a, a very high upside was, but was much more consistent. Like his assist to turnover stuff, it, it was really good. I think Coda sometimes got a little careless with it because he – he believed in his passing so much. Well, and he could. I mean, I'm sorry, but if you're throwing the ball to Vince Carter, right, right, you have to true, be accurate. I mean, true, <laughs> true. I would think Kendall was the is the safer pick. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Yep. But people like, I mean, Gregory's talking about he remembers 2008, 2009. Go back and watch Carter, Jameson, Coda. Those guys were nasty. Yeah, and, and it is a fun. crime. It is a crime that 1918 didn't win that championship. All right, it's back to me. Um, I was born in 98. <laughs> on the wrong side of the tracks in Alabama, so you were an Auburn fan. The, the, mm, I can't believe you said LeBron James. I'm going for – so this is where it gets interesting to me because I wanted – I think two and three are the two guys that everybody wanted. So I need to decide whether I'm going wing shooter – or combo guard shooter, and I'm not going to lie. I'm going to do something that probably is going to get some eyes popped. Um, but I need size, and I want to have size that can shoot it. And recency like bias goes with Cameron Johnson. It was either him, Ellington, or Reggie Bullock for me. I went with Cam Johnson. I just think, especially what I've heard about him in the league and how well he's um, gotten ready for whatever season they play, I thought he was fantastic for Carolina his senior year or his second senior year or however it worked out. But he, he's my pick at seven in the second round. I'm up, right? Yep. Yes, sir. Wow, that was a long wait. It's been a while. Pick eight. It's a long wait to go right back to the 2005 team. I'm going to take the MVP of the Final Four, Sean May, with no hesitation because you could argue that Sean May's stretch from January of that season through the national championship game is the most dominant stretch of the Williams era. So I will take him and, and have a great day. Uh, and then <laughs> – so he's my starting center. Um, 
And because UNC, I, you know, one thing that you always hear, like from a recruiting standpoint, that's the way I kind of come at everything, is about how UNC, like if you're a really good wing, you don't want to go to UNC. But as I look through the list, there are a lot of really good wings, uh, many of whom were chosen in the first round of the NBA draft, still available. So because of that, I want to shore up my front line. So I am going to go up to the B section and take Bryce Johnson, specifically senior year Bryce Johnson, as my power forward. I like that. You're getting the, uh, the 90 ranking on 2K and 78 <laughs> one. It's a nice pick. That's who I was. Who would win a tip between Sean May and Bryce Johnson? Shrill. A tip? Yeah. Tip uh, off. Uh, I think Bryce Johnson. Just a little more oh. hops. Talk, <laughs> talk about Sean May. Seriously, Greg. I mean, like Sherelle said, it that guy tore it up in the NCAA oh, yeah. tournament. It's another one of those things that I don't think people realize how good he was. Um, and it facilitated him going pro. He had to. You, were, you saw it up close. Yeah. I mean, like what you said about Ty Lawson. Um, I, I think because of some of the players on that team, uh, you're like, oh, yeah, all these guys were good. Well, I mean, Lawson was the driving force of the 0-9 team, and May undoubtedly was for 05. Like Sherelle said, I mean, what he did uh, late in the ACC year and then into the postseason was just phenomenal. And it took a lot of pressure off Felton, off McCants. Uh, you know, everybody saw Marvin Williams come along. So he got a lot of the hype, and Jawad had been there. But Sean was just the guy that, that did everything that team needed. Uh, and I, I think the interesting story uh, is you, when they – after they win the championship, they come back, they have the big celebration at the Smith Center. That's when Sean gets up there and says he's coming back. Well, he, my understanding is he never really intended to come back, but he got caught up in the moment, and it was so much fun at the time. He didn't want to let anybody down. Uh, but with, with everybody, you know, already deciding to leave with Rashad and, and Felton and, and Marvin. Um, you know, I, I think it just kind of came out. And, uh, you know, it's, that's, that's one of the funny sidebars. And um, a lot of people got upset, I think. But, you know, he, he was a kid. He was excited and just had an incredible run. So uh, that, that was a heck of a, heck of a year. Because they had all decided kind of this was it. This was like right. the last – it was like the last dance. They, they talked over the summer and said, <laughs> we're all leaving, so this is it. If we don't win the championship, so be it. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the surprise is that it came back, period, for their junior years. Oh, I mean, yeah. That, yeah. That was not a given. That was a lot – that was a surprise, I think, for people that paid attention. Well, that was the great Roy Williams quote. Somebody said, what if the guys go pro? He's like, where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? Because that was after they lost in uh, what, Colorado. Texas. Lost to Texas out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, I'm back up with the 10th pick in the third round. I've got um, – I see a name on here. Gregory, did you put Travis Ware on there? Is that a joke? Both of the Ware. You can have both of them with one pick if you want. Uh, yeah, can, I, can I tell uh, – it's got a cuss word in it, so I can't. I don't think you I can, can actually tell, tell it. Well, you can tell it. Go ahead. Well, I'm thinking. It's about got what the mother of all curse words in it. Can we well, beep it out can, somehow on YouTube? Well, you can just like not say it. Well, that yeah, then it kind of loses the whole point. <laughs> we'll save it for the overtime YouTube. Okay, version. how about that? There we go, folks. If you want to listen to that, send your checks to Greg Barnes directly, <laughs> and he'll call you and tell you the story. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I, I like shooting. 
I like to push the ball and I like to drive and kick if we can't get to the rim. So I'm going shooting. I'm going to steal somebody from another player from the 09 team if I can find him with my third round pick. I'm going make it Wayne Ellington. Guys, you better hope we're off because if we're not off, we're shooting you out of the building thus far. Greg Barnes, you back. I think it's going through. Yep. Interesting. No big yet out of you. Yeah, that's going to come back to bite him because I'm going Marvin. Um, I've, got a, I've got a funny story about Marvin that has nothing to do with basketball. But um, this is a couple years ago. My wife and I had went to New York for vacation. And both of us travel, so uh, we both got upgraded to first class on our way back. But because we booked separately in our accounts, our seats weren't together. And so she was kind of in the back and I was up in the front. So I figured, well, you know what, I'll go sit beside her. And then whoever shows up, I'm like, hey, it's my wife. I'm sitting here. So I go in and have a seat. And next thing I know, in walks Marvin Williams. He's coming right at me. And he just kind of bends down and says, you're in my seat. And I said, hey, this is my wife. Uh, we were hoping, you know, maybe we could switch. I'm over there. He's like, oh, I'll just play with you. That's fine. No problem. <laughs> Nice. Was, I thought you were going to have to tell a Cam Newton story. I know. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was funny. He's a my nice wife, guy. I thought he was going to pick me up and throw me back in the, in the back. But he didn't. You sure, you sure she didn't want you to get up and go on back well, to the back? See, after the fact, she was like, if I do, he was sitting here. You can go somewhere else. <laughs> Gregory Hall, who you got? All right. So I am going to shift to a big here. And – Someone who I think is going to be an all Amer- first team All American this season, this upcoming season. I mean, he was has just had such dominant stretches on just a not good team last year. Mister Garrison Brooks needs some of his attitude, and he 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 can't, he's not the best runner up and down the court, but Kobe can make him get there, you know. So that's my pick. One thing you don't question is the, the guy's toughness. Man, he played through it last year. I mean. He, <clears throat> Hurt his eye, like tore his retina, like three times or something, like cornea or something like that. You're you're back. You got to know. Oh. Kids today right. can't do more than one thing at once. <laughs> well, I'm gonna stay big, and I'm gonna take the second best Tyler to play UNC basketball, Mr. Tyler Zeller. Mm-hmm. So good luck getting through those two tough guys. I mean, I'm sure your point guards could probably thread a needle through them, but. <laughs> Good luck. All I'm saying, trying to dunk on those guys. Hey, Gregory, how's this uh, stat line sound? Give me it. 20.9 points per game, 38% from three-point range, 45% field goal percentage overall, 6.1 rebounds per game, three-and-a-half assists, two steals per game. Uh, How's that sound as a stat line? Pretty good? Sounds like something I could do. All right. Uh, Eight foot goal. I'm gonna go and uh, go back to to my time, to my uh, my my days. I'm gonna go Joseph Forte. Oh, who okay. Was a uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bit. I said you could have him. I don't. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> I his last game at Carolina was Penn State, and I just I can't ever forget that. So he's he's kind of I'm kind of scarred with with Forte. So when when Forte, I'll tell this story because this this is uh, PG rated kind of. 
uh, after he had that phenomenal game against Duke, where I don't remember exactly, but it was like 17 points, 15 rebounds as a two guard. 24, I got, that. I got 24, 24 and 16. 16 and 8. Yeah, and I got yep. that story because I covered that one. <laughs> so after that game, uh, I didn't realize the stat line was that good. After that game, uh, it's no longer open. It used to be a place above Woody's in Chapel Hill called 23 Steps. Um, and just, uh, we figured it out on the ZZL the other day that it shut down like in 01 or 02. So this is right, at, this is right before they shut down. Uh, but he walks in with some buddies. And everybody's like, oh, everybody's crazy. He's like, drinks on the house. And everybody's like, yeah. And the bartender's like, no, no, hell no. And uh, so we didn't get drinks on the house. But that, was, that was one of the funniest stories of a basketball player getting shouted Man, down miss, by bartender. I'm, I miss those days. Players, <laughs> players was the place back then, back when I was there. And uh, many stories like that. I covered that Duke game in Cameron was on press row right there where he stuck his head and told uh what's his name he, he on the staff at duke now said you can't guard me I had 24 and 16 and then i think battier committed the foul there at the end of that game yeah. to let haywood mm-hmm. make the shot so and, and it's funny it's funny just real quick on that how that game happened you know it was first time carolina beating duke and cameron in i think six or seven years and then they beat maryland the next weekend i think got the number one and that was the peak of the Matt Dory era. Like, that next week was it, and it That's went right. downhill, like, fast. Um, yeah. They lost – God, they lost They lost at Clemson, I think, was the game. And then it yep. just – it all fell apart from there. And he never recovered as a head coach. Yeah, and I think they lost, like, five or six straight Sundays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jawad yeah. talked about that when we – when Ross and I talked to Jawad several weeks ago on the – it's interesting what went on during that week before that Clemson game. I think there was a lot of swole head syndrome going on from the coaching staff side of things, and it did not sit well. There, there's a story about halftime in that game that I, I can't share. Uh, but, yeah, they, that team turned on each other. I, 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 I can say that out loud. It's been 20 years. They did turn on each other. I know that for a fact. So, Inside Carolina, super premium, folks. <laughs> Thirty nine ninety nine a day. All right. I need a big since y'all were talking about me needing to get – a big man. Um, I kind of like the guys that can get up and down and run it. And I need a rim protector because Lawson might be trying to leak out and get ahead of the, the pack before the play is actually over. So I'm going John Henson. we got Lawson, Johnson, Ellington, Henson. Got a lot of scoring. Don't have much weight. Got a bunch of skinny guys. We'll be all right. Who's he? Who's what team is he on in the NBA now? Bucks Cavaliers. He's on the Cavs now. Mm-hmm. I saw him play Charlotte when he was with the Bucks. Whenever a couple of years ago, and him standing next to Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is a monster of a man. John Henson's not tiny, but <laughs> yeah, that was not even a fair fight. All right, so I'm up. Yes, sir. Oh, man, I've just like six wings I want to pick, but I have to pick two. I'm going wings here just to let you know so you can start devising your strategy for other positions. Um, so I was going to pick McCants. I really was. But if I'm trying to put a team together, I don't know that that's the best move. Um, and I'm going to go somewhere polar opposite of McCants, also a wing. 
and take the ACC player of the year in 2017, Justin Jackson. Because I feel like he, he's not quite the player Rashad was in college, but he gives me pretty much everything that Rashad gave me without everything else. Did so, you see fair. some pro coach or somebody in the league said that his floater is one of the best they've seen in ever? I saw something on Twitter or something. I think somebody retweeted it. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah, not surprising. It's it's something he's been working on since the first time, you know, me and Ben saw him. It was probably 2011 or 2012 uh, when he was – I mean, he's always been skinny. He was even skinnier then. It's probably closer to 6'6 um, than – closer to six eight what he is now and uh the first thing i think i ever saw him do was a floater so it's something he's always worked on roy likes to say that he's one of the only players that he ever was okay with taking a floater i can see that it makes sense okay so i need to, i need a, a rule clarification mm-hmm. so this would be my fifth pick i don't have to complete my starting five correct no if you want to take a third big go for it all right I'm going to take Brandon Wright, the 2007 ACC Freshman of the Year and ACC Tournament MVP. Good work, Gregory. Could have at least made up the rule after he picked. <laughs> I mean, he's that was my pick, so I definitely should have. Yeah, he was definitely on my list. Um, the most shocking commitment in Carolina since we've been doing this, since in, Inside Carolina has been in existence, I think. Bigger shock than Kessler? Kessler's was, um, I think, the way it happened and how quickly it happened. Um, but Wright, I mean, they both – everybody thought they both were going to Duke. Um, but I think Wright, just because UNC had so many other irons in the fire, they basically turned down Thad Young uh, mm-hmm. once Brandon Wright committed. You know, so I think that part weighs into it, uh, of it being so shocking. Um, but Kessler's right up there. Yeah, he's definitely number two, but I think Brandon Wright's number one. All right, so I'm going to keep – it's my pick. I'm going to keep in the same vein you did. I'm going uh, – hmm, I feel like I need a center. But – and one name I don't see on the draft board is Isaiah Hicks. That we, we, He's got to be on there. That should have been one of the flyers. But I'm going Harrison Barnes for my – for so I'll have – my wings are – Ellington, Johnson, and Harrison Barnes. And I'll circle oh. around and get a big at some point. He's the uh, highest ranked out of high school UNC's ever gotten as far as the 24-7 sports composite goes. Fun fact. Sherelle, put you on spot. you think mm-hmm. there's anything to the belief that some people have had that after Barnes picked Carolina over Duke, the statement – of something to the effect of they'll never beat us for another recruit from Coach K. Do you think that's a truthful – you think something like that actually went down? Or I mean, I'm, just, I'm sure he was angry because they, they thought they led for him. for the, They did lead for him for a while. So I'm sure he was angry. Uh, I, I, I don't know the history of that one well enough to say that, he, you know, whether he did actually say that or not. But, you know, I think Carolina Carolina fans were feeling themselves, for lack of a better phrase, uh, after all that happened. They had just won the national championship. You know, they signed Harrison Barnes, and it looked like it was going to be a decade of Carolina dominance. And it turned out to be anything but for a variety of reasons. But um, that is always an, an interesting inflection point uh, for me when I look at the Carolina-Duke rivalry of just how things changed pre-Harrison Barnes and post-Harrison Barnes. Well, it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, it is, but you're right. It's definitely – there is a break there that changed things. 
Yeah, and like uh, Shrell said with, with Forte in the Penn State game, I'm kind of that way with uh, Harrison in Kansas. You know, we, we thought, uh, I think everybody thought and hoped and prayed that Kendall would be able to play with that broken wrist in the Elite Eight. He didn't, which meant that uh, Harrison Barnes needed to step up and, and take all the pressure off of Stillman White. Did not happen. Um, James Michael McAdoo actually scored more points in that game than Harrison Barnes did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that will always stick with me in terms of Harrison's career. It just, just fell a little bit short in terms of the potential and uh, the hype for sure. And they, were, and they were still tied, correct me if I'm wrong, at the under four timeout. Yeah. That's amazing. Without Kendall, basically without Harrison Barnes, without – was it Reggie was hurt that year or, or Dexter? Uh, Dexter got hurt. Dexter and Leslie was hurt too. Dexter and Leslie were both out. And without Kendall, with half-arm John Henson and uh, – or one, one-hand John Henson and Stillman White at point guard. And they were tied at the under-four timeout in Kansas territory. And how, yeah. how about that? Going into that – coming out of that timeout, uh, Carolina was down by two, and Harrison went to the free throw line with a chance to tie it. And he missed, missed the first, made the second. And from there, uh, it got ugly. From yeah. there, they scored the last 12 points of the game. You're not going to shame my fifth-round pick, Harrison Barnes. I'll take Clemson, Harrison Just Barnes. saying. Just saying. <laughs> All right, I need scores, and I need attitude. I've already got a little bit of that with Forte, so I'm going hardcore with Rashad McCants. Oh, look at that. Boy. Look at that backcourt. Forte <laughs> McCants. This is great. You have to get, like, a, a, a talent manager or something for your team. Yeah. I don't think Roy would, <laughs> think oh Roy would, would handle that last very uh, long that year. Uh, get team chaplain. You're going to need dang bodyguards. <laughs> I mean, that's hilarious. Gregory Hall. All right. I'm going to take back-to-back wings here. I'm going to take a shooter, and then I'm going to take a high flyer. Hmm. So, shooter, I'm going to take Reggie Bullock. Ah, Good pick. 43.8% three-point shooter his junior season, I believe. Something around there. And then – Let me ask Sherelle about Reggie. Sherelle, did he make the right choice to go pro when he did? I think so. He got drafted in the first round, and he's in the NBA now. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That was one of those ones where I was surprised he went. But, yeah, you certainly can't – you can't look back and say it was a bad mistake. There are that was, some that – It was nine years – eight years ago when he left, and he's still – you know, getting an NBA contract and getting NBA money. So, I think he did. Oh, J.P. Tokato. I think one of the best overall athletes UNC basketball has had in recent memory as far as being able to get up and dunk. Nasir Little was supposed to be that, but he didn't yet – didn't quite reach J.P.'s dunking ability, I think. So, is he going to be your starting three or is he on your bench? Um. No, I see you now. He's on your bench. I see you got. Yeah, Danny. he's on yeah. my bench. I got yep. Danny and gotcha. uh, Reggie are my starting gotcha. wings. Gotcha. And then JP coming off the bench, show a little, <laughs> give a little flair. So eventually, I'm going to get to the point where I'm <laughs> going to have to. Uh, I know. Bring some leadership guys in. Not yet. I'm going yet again with the score from off the bench with some Tude, PJ Harrison. <laughs> Greg Barnes' team's going to be out in, in, not in March. They're going to be out in December. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, 
They can we, score though. Yeah, we, we never said score. we we never said it had to be like a you know we never said everybody had to get along on the team. Yeah, Cohesion is definitely not a factor in this team building. How do you think Hansbro would do with Rashawn McCants on his team? Oh man, I don't even know. I mean, but you know, the thing was never that Rashad didn't play hard, was it? It was just no, that he no. was so he was just temperamental. I mean, yeah, and, temperamental. Whatever, whatever adjective you want to use. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I mean, I always from just the time, few times I've talked to to Hansbro, it was always just a matter of like all business. Just yeah, just do it. Just match what I do. That, that's yeah. all you have to do. Just play hard, and he's cool. Hey, yeah, as long as you. Busted your tail. I just remember talking to Rashad in the locker room at Carolina after I think they played Georgia Tech, maybe some game. It was in, the, of course, in the Doherty time frame, and he had a towel over his head, and he was, you know, bent down. His head was between his legs, and he wouldn't really talk. This team's done, you know, if it's like this. But that that player was done when I talked to him then, and um, it's interesting how it's all checked out. I Look, one of the best photos, and I need to find it, J.B. Sissel took of Rashad in high school, one of the best photos of a dunk, especially on the high school level. I need to find that photo. Inside Carolina's got it somewhere, but I've got a hard copy of it. That's what I remember from McCants. So I'd like was to it, see McCants and Harrison together. That'd it was fun. at the Peach Jam, that, that photo that J.B. took. Yeah, I'm pretty he's sure. In, he's, in the, uh, he's on the baseline. And yeah. He turned and dunked. Yeah, it's uh-huh. an awesome photo. Yep. yep. Rest in peace, my man, JB. But uh, let's go. I need – I'm do still – I don't even know who you're talking about. I'm just saying don't do it. I'll, I'll let you know if you did it or not. Well, I'm going um, – I'm going to do it. I don't know if I'm doing what you want me to do or not do, but I'm going um, – since I'm not fulfilling my duty in the starting lineup, I want to make sure we don't have any toes or wrists go sideways. I'm going Marcus Page. Dang it. For my backup point. You did it. Yeah, you did it. That's cool. It's cool. I I argue that he's the – you can make an argument that considering the time and the situation and his demeanor and his personality, that he was as important as anyone Royal Williams assigned. Now, I'm not saying – He's the best player that Roy Williams assigned or the most impressive player. But for what UNC needed when they needed it, he was the absolute perfect fit. And his game against – I went back and watched it not too long ago when we were in lockdown, the state game in Raleigh. I, I mean, and he did that all the time that season. But that game is one of the most impressive performances by a Carolina player. And he's got, such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he seems to be just such a nice fellow. I've got so many stories about Marcus. Um, I mean, freshman year in Indiana, and they got boat raced. Uh, just the way that I – mean, here's a freshman who didn't even expect to be playing, expect to be playing behind Marshall. And he's, like, given, like, poetic commentary, like, a month in about what happened and how they have to get better, which is just tremendous. And my favorite game of his by far um, is the Louisville game beginning of sophomore year because as good of a person as he was as good of a teammate as good of a leader all those things uh i after his freshman year i was like yeah i don't know i don't know if this guy is going to be the stud they need him to be as a player uh and that game erased all doubt for me 
And uh, he, he had some ups and downs those, those next two years for sure. Uh, but, you know, I, I, wanted, I wanted North Carolina to be able to win that title for him more than, more than anything. Uh, yeah. In 2008, watching, watching Hansbro, we stayed in San Antonio and went to see Hansbro accept the National Player of the Year, which was the Sunday after the Final Four after the loss to Kansas. And seeing him cry the way that he did, uh, it hasn't been many occasions in my time covering UNC, which kind of affected me. That did. And then talking with Marcus after the Villanova loss, that was one of the other times that, that really kind of hit me hard. Yeah, I mean, for a player like Paige to me, watching, I don't get it cover as much or at all anymore, Greg, since y'all got it on lock, which is a good thing. But he is a, a player that people, I think, can relate to. Because he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest. Um, he doesn't look to be like, you know, whatever a stud basketball player he is. He, he's just a regular-looking guy, and he does it. And to be able to do what he does, and like I said, and like you talked about, he's just so nice. I mean, he's just so nice and personable to talk to. Compared to the guys that you have on your team, I mean, it's – I needed him. I needed it, him. It is uh, – uh, you know, he's just a good guy. And – uh you know, it's good to see him out speaking his piece these days. And, and, uh, and I'm glad he's on my team. Sherelle, I took him from you. <laughs> yeah, I know. And now I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to have to ask for a ruling from the judges. So uh, I don't have a shooting guard right now. And of the shooting guards, the two that are available, I won't say their names, um, I, I, you know, prefer to go in a different direction. One shooting guard that is missing, uh, you know, he, he played – he played the wing, so we, we call it the wing. Uh, we said we could have two of those. He played on the 2005 national championship team, but his name isn't listed. So am I able to draft him, or do I have to go strictly from the pool of players listed in our draft? Judges, Kamish? I can add him right now if you want. I oh. did, but I did say. You I, did. I, I put it out there. We could have added it in. The commissioner who, did. The commissioner who, did say that. Who am I uh, adding? So you're adding Jackie Manuel from the 2005 UNC national championship team. Uh, and we did, we did mention manual being added. Yes. That's on, this is on me. Oh, I'm absolved in. All right. Good stuff. Thank you, Gregory. Uh, did I spell that right? <laughs> uh, let me find him. You got to click add Gregory. Yes. And, uh, and um, go ahead and put Isaiah Hicks in. While you're okay. In well, that's a new addition. <laughs> no, you can fair. That's fine. Fair. Okay. There he is. Jackie's in there and he is added. So I added Jackie because um I've just always been really impressed with him. Uh just the way his demeanor again, demeanor is important to me. His demeanor on the court and uh, you know, with Raymond as my point guard, uh, I really, really want to push tempo and when you push tempo, you need athletes who can finish in traffic, can finish in space. I think Jackie was very good at that. And then uh, I feel like offense, the way I pick my team, isn't going to be an issue. Um, not saying that Jackie can't play offense, but he's someone who you could say, you know, go, car, go guard 24, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when the game's over. And he could do that. So um, that's why I wanted to put him in there. Uh, then I guess I will start looking, uh, you know, down the bench some more. I've got my three bigs. Uh, so I can't add another big. So it comes down to uh, the backup point guard spot. And there is a national champion, a guy who played in three Final Fours, and a guy who's going to be a lottery pick in a few months. No, and don't do I don't know which one of the three to take. 
Um, I probably will go with personal preference uh, more than anything, I think. Don't do and it. And I am going to Don't take the lottery pick. Cole Anthony is my backup point guard. Sweet. You can have him. <laughs> Man, I, I just I, – I think he's good. I, I think – He is good. I think that this season – just didn't work for some reason but greg what we saw in the bahamas at least against oregon and and that thing i mean if that could have been that team the whole year yeah this is this is one of those years where we saw it really late in the year where roy finally talked to him and he kind of came off his dominant style just a little bit and with garrison improving you really saw them click for some stretches but they didn't have enough time to really get it all together so uh, they, they put themselves really in a bind. But, yeah, if he stays healthy, if Baycott stays healthy, you know, they're not in such dire straits come, you know, late February, March. And, you know, if all that happens, we'd probably have a different conversation about how people are going to remember Cole. But, unfortunately for him, I think a lot of people are kind of hit or miss on him. Yeah. And, and it, but, I mean, you compare him to – so many people compare him to Kobe White. Uh, I mean – Yeah, different player. Different players. Sure. And, I would love and, to see them on the same team. Uh, and it wasn't far from happening. Um, but, you know, I, I think the other thing that people have to think about with Cole Anthony uh, is, you know, the outsized expectations. Not only that he put a lot of himself, he wanted a, a lot of it, and he got it. But also, Kobe White was playing, and I, I'm not taking any away from Kobe. Everybody loves Kobe. He's a great guy. But he's playing with uh, a lottery pick, another first-round pick, a guy who had been an All-American, and then a guy who started basically three seasons. Mm-hmm. And Cole Anthony was playing with no – not. I, I don't mean to dismiss this last year's team, but as Roy Williams would say, the year before was just more gifted. It wasn't close. Um, so I think you have to always consider that when you're talking about the story of Cole Anthony's one year. You have to consider the injuries, and then you have to consider the, the supporting cast, not only that, but you have to consider what he was asked to do relative to what other freshman point guards in Carolina were asked to do. And I think it, it changes the story a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's like you come in – he couldn't have come in at a worse time. Yeah, it's fair, yeah. The, the way it shook out. And you look at a guy like Marvin Williams, comes in at a perfect time, plays one year, winning the national championship. And there are other examples. I just think Anthony had as raw a deal as a Carolina player than just about any of them that, we've, that we're talking about now and that have come along. But like you said, a lot of it – you know, he brought on himself, um, but I think he's going to be good in the league. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, uh, let me talk about Johnny T-shirt right fast. I, I've neglected them thus far in the podcast, and we can't do that. They're certainly sponsors of this podcast, sponsors of Inside Carolina, and great friends of everybody that supports Inside Carolina, everybody that supports Carolina athletics. Uh, you get anything you want from them. You can get uh, basketball, football, soccer gear, any jerseys, any shirts, any t-shirts, tailgating gear, whatever you want. They're running sales constantly. This summer, they're having sales on Jordan gear, Nike gear, jerseys, whatever you need, and they need your help. Visit them online at johnnytshirt.com. Visit them in the store. You got store pickup. You can go by and see them. Uh, Very friendly, great customer service. And as always, if you're a premium subscriber to Insight Carolina, and if you're not, I do not know why not. You need to be. That guy, Sherelle McMillan with Sherelle beside him, that guy's why you need to be a premium <laughs> subscriber to Inside Carolina uh, to get all that scoop, 10% extra. 
So if they're having a 70% sale on something that you want, and then you get 10% off that, you get 80% off, you can't beat it. Johnny T-shirt and johnnytshirt.com. Now, math. The, I, I've just, I did not do well in math classes at Carolina. I will freely admit that. Yeah, I don't even want to think about it. It gives, <laughs> it gives me hives. Let me take a chance to pay the national bills as well. You listen to the Inside Carolina Podcast Fantasy Basketball Draft Style. We'll be right back after a short break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back with you. 2020 Inside Carolina Fantasy Basketball Draft. I'm host Tommy Ashley. Gregory Hall's Commissioner Greg Barnes is joining us. And of course, Sherelle McMillan. Seventh round pick for Tommy Ashley. He needs a big... He's going with one that is another guy that had a cup of coffee at Carolina and was really good, but I don't remember him much because it's hard to remember guys that are only around one year, Tony Bradley. So I've got John Henson and Bradley on the interior. I'd like to see somebody try to get a shot on my interior. Greg? Kobe White could do it. So it's been a while since I've picked, and in that time I've broken up two skirmishes in the huddle so i need <laughs> i need a leader figure uh so i'm going with i'm going with the uh national champion don't do uh, it no what you're going i've got it i've got to do it. not yeah noel was noel's a, a good option there for sure but i'm going with the one and only the only north carolina Tar hill named to the all final four team two years in a row oh okay joel berry that's you've got brutal. some guys that, that you've got some guys that yeah, yeah. Got some attention off the court. You got a team full of them. Look at Shrill. You done Shrill? Oh yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say. I, I mean, Joel uh, is an intense dude, so right. It, those practices would be <laughs> somebody's getting punched before the practice is over because all those guys are are, are super intense. <laughs> yep. Not not in a bad way. They're just they're all locked in. So, could you imagine the practices will be fun to watch? Could you imagine Hansbro, Forte, McCants, Harrison, and Barry? <laughs> that might be one of the more epic events. That would be one that they could sell tickets to practice. <laughs> I would, yeah, I'd pay for that. I would. All right. Well, since Greg decided to take my pick, move it along, man. I'm going to go with someone else on that national championship team with one of the craziest college basketball stories 
going from 1.2 points a game to 16 two years later, Mr. Luke May. I think Greg Barnes said on his – after Luke May's shot against Kentucky, Greg Barnes on one of our podcasts said he will never not start another game. He did. And he started every one of them. That, yeah. That, that's pretty impressive how one shot. You know, it's pretty similar to that guy back there. One shot changes yep. the course of a man's career. What, what's, what, again, what's, what's so funny, not. what's so funny, me and Greg talked about this on the throwback with Joey from the Kentucky, Kentucky game. How many points did Luke May score in the final four? Yeah, like five, whatever. <laughs> I don't think he scored. No, I don't think he scored. He didn't score at all in the final four. This is just so funny how. Yeah, non-factor. You know, right, right. So it's like we, uh, and I'm not saying this is like a, a detriment to him or anything, but it's like he hit the shot and it's like he's on top of the world. And we're like, oh man, Luke May, he just, he took off from there. Like did nothing in the final four. Then that very first game in the next season, I think it was like 25 and eight or something. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, was on his way to being All-American. It's just funny how that happens and how we forget kind of how things happen in order, you know, just we skip over the final four when it comes to him, but he wasn't needed. Like you, you said in the podcast, Greg, everybody had a time in that tournament from that team to step up. And those two games, Butler and, and Kentucky were his. It's just fascinating that, yeah, he wasn't needed. That, and, that, and then you look at this year's team and see the, the talent differential between those type teams. Mm-hmm. And then folks got offended when Roy said they weren't as gifted. I mean, it's amazing the difference that a couple of years can make. Gregory, throw the draft board up so our peeps can see it. Hold on. I'm making my second pick. Uh, Travis I, Ware, that's a good one. <laughs> I, I need a backup point guard, but I don't know if I want a backup point guard since Joel's gone. But I'm going to take Mr. Bobby Frazier. Freshman year Bobby Frazier. <clears throat> gonna say if you didn't take a backup point guard greg's team was gonna take your starter out first game of the season (laughs) (laughs) i believe he's still the only unc freshman to start every game is that correct ever i would think still the what only carolina freshman to start every game that can't be accurate if you're listening fact fact check me i think that's a thing that might actually be right. That would be interesting. Harrison Barnes and Justin Jackson didn't start senior night. I know that for a fact. Wayne Ellington didn't start the entire season. Ty Lawson didn't start the entire season. I feel like I feel like McCants or Felton probably did though. Felton didn't. He missed first game of the year. Not as not as a freshman though. Oh yeah, 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 that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Interesting. I have to I have to look that up. Yeah. Jordan had to start every game, didn't he? It feels wrong, but we'll go with it. Yeah, have your moment. <laughs> just i don't understand something y'all oh, might not have known yeah I'll there eat, you go i'll eat crow yeah i'll eat crow yeah, happily yeah. all right so i don't i kind of feel bad about not sharing my thought process here but i'm really conflicted um i've got two ways of going and i think what i'm going to end up doing is when you look at hansbro and marvin they're they're really both true power forwards um, I need a shot blocker. So I'm going to go back old school again to my days. Hmm. And I'm going to go with uh, Donatello, Brendan Haywood. <laughs> Another first round pick. I remember, didn't he? He, have... he was quite the shot blocker his, his last year. 
I think he's still the UNC all-time leader in block yeah, shots. That sounds right. He's a big dude too. Mm-hmm. Um, scroll. Can you scroll the draft board so I can see? Don't you have like eight computers over there? <laughs> yeah, but I'm. Oh, I guess I can look at the draft board, can I? No, I can't. I can't look at the draft board. Okay, hold on a second. Lawson Johnson, PG wing wing, big wing PG big. I need some. I'm gonna go with even more leadership. I've got a bunch of dogs already on my team. Um, with Lawson and Paige, and I need to add a little more toughness. So I'm going to go with a guy that more people talk about this person as the leader for Carolina than just about anybody, Mr. David Noel. I wonder what happens if he plays football. It would have been interesting to see because he was absolutely ridiculous in high school as, as a wide receiver, tight end. Um, but, man, I just don't – this team right here is just going – it's the number one team in the league. It's got to be. Does he have – who does he have throwing to him, I think is the question. Throwing to him? At that uh, point, it was Joe Daly, right? And, oh, oh, at Carolina? Yeah. <laughs> what so year I, would that have been? Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, when you got there, I guess it would have been, it would have been Darian Durant. So, maybe. That's when he, Tommy's quarterback. Yeah, that's Tommy's yeah, your guy. It's yeah. all blended together. But by the time he left, I think it would have been Joe Daly, which is a different thing entirely. No, you know. He'd so. have to go get it. Get it out of his hand and run with it. Okay. So, uh, rules check again. Uh, so, I have all my positions filled. I have three bigs. How many so, red um, flags does he get, Gregory? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, really? I'm, just, I'm just checking. I just want to make sure I'm, I'm honoring the rules of the commission. So, I have my three bigs. Uh, my starting lineup is complete. Am yeah. I free to pick whomever I want now? Yeah. Whomever okay. you want. No more adding players, though. Yeah, no more adding players. Yeah, yeah, no more adding players. And you got three picks left. I have three picks left. So. Tommy's killing uh, the math game right now. I could, I could see. I'm pretty good. My, these glasses help me out. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to my 2005 National Championship team well and pick up Mr. Jawad Williams. I think he's one of those players who, uh, I said this before, is about 10 years early and style of play and, and what he did well. Um, I think if he was playing like today or, or, you know, in the last five or six years, not saying he didn't have a great career. I think he would have had an even better one just because of the way, you know, the game is played with pace and space and, you know, pick and pop and, and those kind of things, those concepts. So big fan of Jawad. Uh, I have my four man post rotation. And I feel really good about a lot of flexibility can go with some hybrid forward stuff. So a lot of versatility excited about that. And then um, I think I will go with Ed Coda next because if there's one thing that I have learned from Roy Williams, it is that you can never have enough point guards and ball handlers, as evidenced by North Carolina's loss to Florida in the Final Four back in 2000 when Ed Coda fouled out, the game was over. Um, when Raymond Felton was in foul trouble against Villanova, that almost hindered their national championship run. When Ty Lawson got hurt, you know, there was, there was nothing behind him of, of consequence, really, to, to play. Uh, when Kendall Marshall got hurt, same thing. So I'm going three deep with really good point guards just in case. And I do want to say we laugh about some of my uh, shooting guard selections. You want to talk about some um, very confident individuals. You talk about Ed. You talk about Cole. You talk about Raymond. 
that's, Fair enough. That's, that's a competitive point guard battle. For Fair sure. enough. Fair enough. Yeah, and that was my pick. That was my next pick, and so I don't like you right this second. Well, you took uh, Marcus Page. I mean, but, I mean, we can we can make a trade. No, offline. that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So I've got you know Lawson and Page. Well, he forfeited his right when he left in the middle of the night. Um, I don't know what I want to do. So we got a, a the the pool is thinning. Very much so. And I. I'm going to go – I ask you to add him, so I'm going to pick him. The pride uh, – you know, the, if there was ever a guy that liked Carolina more as a uh, recruit and as a high school guy, not sure he's out there. Who is it, Sherelle? Oh, it's Isaiah Hicks. Isaiah Hicks. <laughs> Nobody gives him credit that he deserves for that shot against Gonzaga late in that game. What a shot. I think, did it put him up one or tie it or, or got him within? Well, I can't remember. That, it put him up one. Or, no, I'm, yeah, put him up one. Yeah, put him up one, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I'm liking my team. No, it put him up three. Apologies, it put him up three. They were up so, one after the three-point play from Justin Jackson, and then there was a skirmish where people were sending in film of Kennedy Meeks with his hand on the ball and kind of out of bounds, and Carolina <laughs> kept possession. They ran, you know, Justin Jackson up to the top of the key, and he passed it off to Hicks, who drove, and they went up three. The one-handed double clutch yeah. in the lane yeah. bank shot. Yeah. Yup, Mr. Bonds. Second to last pick. Yeah, uh, Sherelle took my pick here, and I can kind of explain my reasoning now. Uh, I was going to go with Jawad, and it was really – I wanted Brendan uh, and Jawad because with Haywood, you have a legitimate center, shot blocker, you can go big with uh, <clears throat> Tyler or Marvin at the four. That's a big lineup. Uh, if you want to go small, you move Marvin to the five, and you put Jawad at the four. Now, now you've got some speed, and you've got a lot of things you can do. So I really like that option. Unfortunately, I can't do that now. Uh, but in that same vein, what I'm going to do is, and this will actually work out, uh, Nasir Little, we've got him listed as a small forward. I'm taking him with the idea that he's going to be a, uh, a power forward for me in a small lineup. And uh, good athlete. I know fans wanted him to play more at the four during his solo year at Carolina anyway. Uh, so I'm going to give them some hope that, you know, in his future virtual life on my draft board, uh, that he can, he can man that position. He was, getting, he was starting to get some playing time with the Blazers before Carmelo showed up. Oh, he's up. In terms of athletic players that have come through North Carolina, there are not many uh, in that same classification, for sure. But, you know, guys that are uh, – at times at Carolina, he did not look athletic because right. he struggled. Oh, with, he was confused. Yeah, and, and all that. But his time at Carolina, Sherelle, I'll talk about it briefly. What, what do you think about it? It was uneven. I think uh, if, you asked it, if you asked him – he would have definitely said he, he thought he would have played more and played better. Uh, I think if you ask the coaching staff, they would say you earn your minutes in practice. And I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, um, like it usually is. And I think he would also tell you that there were some lessons he, he learned at UNC that maybe he wouldn't have gotten elsewhere had he went straight out of uh, high school or, you know, done the G League or went somewhere where he was just going to get, you know, 17, 18 shots a game. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't, a perfect marriage, but I think it's one that both sides will appreciate more as time goes on. 
I think is maybe a fair way to say it. Fair enough. He All certainly right. had flashes. Oh, for sure. And I don't watch enough pro ball to – and nobody has in the last four months. But to – We're getting there. To really comment. Yep. All right. So, for my last two picks, so I got three bigs, Garrison Brooks, Tyler Zeller, and Luke May. I want a little bit more size. I'm not comfortable with Luke May being my only backup big. But I'm not going to pick take my big yet because I don't want to disrespect my boy, Mr. Andrew Playtech. He doesn't deserve to go to the final round, and he's not going to Greg because I know Greg wants him. Off the board. <laughs> Ballsy pick, Gregory. Andrew Playtech did the up-and-under layup before Cole did. Just say Cole did it. It was all over Sports Center, but Andrew Playtech did it a few weeks before, and nobody said anything about it. <laughs> At Gregory Hall, let's spin this forward. Let's spin this forward because I think we're all in agreement, and I, I just want to say this as much as possible. If there is a season during this off season, Andrew Playtech is going to play next season, so everyone needs to accept it and move on. He's going to play. He's going to play probably a good amount, and we'll see what happens if there is a season once it gets further along. And, you know, Tommy, we talked about it that first game against Notre Dame. Could you make the argument he was the second-best player on the court outside of Cole Anthony for UNC? Yep. I mean, he, was, he played really well, and we were like, okay, here we go again. You know, Roy Williams getting a player who maybe wasn't ranked that highly by his junior year. He's, he's doing good things, hitting shots, being smart. And then it just didn't quite work out that way the rest of the season. But uh, he's going to play. And, I, you know, I think if he can bring something, it'll, it'll help them even more considering that they're going to rely on freshmen so much. And people may remember me saying this, but when they were in um, the Bahamas in August, what, two, three years ago, whenever that was, when uh, Kobe was a freshman, Nasir, that was a very young team. And uh, Playtech did an excellent job uh, kind of corralling them and showing leadership and kind of setting the tone defensively. And, I mean, I, I think he's got leadership skills. Uh, he needs a shot to go down, obviously. But, I mean, he's the kind of guy that we, we've seen time and time again end up having a pretty solid, you know, senior year. And that's, that's all we need out of him. They don't need him to be a stud, obviously. But come off the bench, be productive, uh, calm things down. And I, I think he can do that. Greg, how many times did I say to you before tip-off that Andrew Playtech was going to go off tonight and he, and he never quite did it? He's going to drop 20 points in a game. It's going to happen. Just pick, pick a circle on your calendar, put money on it. <laughs> it is marked. All right, so for my size pick, I'm going to go with Mr. Kennedy Meeks, who I think should have been the most outstanding player of the Final Four of that team. Agreed. Let's talk about it. You agree, Greg? No, I don't. Um, I think I think Kennedy, what he did in the Final Four, really, I mean, even before the Final Four, once you get in the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, um, but what he did in the Final Four, especially against Oregon, was uh, incredible. And he was a heck of a player. He, he, the way that he grew, I, mean, I guess it was the end of his junior year uh, when he got into the spat with fans on Twitter and things seemed to be kind of unraveling for him. And for him to bounce back the way he did and have a very solid senior year, especially later late, got to love that part of the story. But I saw Joel Berry's ankles up close and personal <laughs> uh kids shouldn't have been playing and the fact that that fact that he did uh to me is is just a tremendous story that a lot of people uh will never fully appreciate because they because he never let on 
He played through some incredible injury to, to lead that team to the title. You know, Sherelle, talking about Kennedy Meeks, and, and, I mean, he and Bryce Johnson broke our rule. They both, back-to-back seasons, broke our golden rule. That had been the golden rule forever covering this stuff is by your junior year you are what you are (laughs) (laughs) and Bryce did it first and then Kennedy did it it, he should be in those rafters I think Um, though I agree with you Greg that Joel Berry was the catalyst but I I think Meeks deserves to be up there maybe one day maybe I put and just so everybody knows I put Meeks on my all final four team all that at the uh, in Phoenix I did everything I was supposed to do, but I think a lot of people, you know, you're, you're trying to finish a game story when they're handing out the ballots, and it happens. All right, you're up. Last round pick. All right, so I'm going to go with a, uh, a personal favorite. I think this player has been overlooked for a long time, and I, I think he's arguably one of the most skilled, offensively skilled uh, <sighs> big men that UNC's had. Uh, and just kind of a personal favorite of mine. Uh, played alongside Hansbro. I'm gonna go with uh, Deion Thompson. Good guy, uh, great offensive player, and I think coming off the bench, he gives you that that classic, traditional Roy Williams back to the basket post player. A good pick. So I said when we started this, I wanted to have do um, you know maybe have ten and then plus our favorite walk on or whatever. So I don't. I didn't put his name in. Yet, you can do so your favorite walk on as pick nope. number eleven. We'll do that as as pick number eleven. So I don't. Um, I'm not really sure where I need to go here. I'm gonna go though. This is a guy that is underappreciated, but he's still playing basketball these days somewhere, if I'm not mistaken. And I need another leader. You can't have too many leaders on your team. You know, like. Sherell said you can't have too many point guards. We can't have too many leaders, especially if they all get along. I'm going to go Marcus Guignard to roll out to close out my roster for the 2021 national champions. <laughs> all right. So I have the last pick. This is fun. Uh, it's He's been in great. France, by the way. Guignard's France. in France. World traveler. That's impressive. He's still playing. It Good is. For him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, last pick, um, I feel comfortable about my team. So I want to take a flyer on, uh, athletic, tall, fast, strong person and just see if my coaching can, uh, push them to be their best selves. And so I'm going to take Rayshon Terry with the final pick of the draft. Um, we told a great story on one of the podcasts we were on about how the team used to call Rayshon Terry, like little LeBron just because he was so big and so strong and could do so many things. And they just kind of marveled at his athleticism. Um, And I think, you know, it just never, even though he had a very good senior season, he just never just oozed so much potential and it never came out fully. Uh, And um, maybe my coaching can do that in in this virtual team. That's my hope. Yep. Push him forward. So interesting teams, Gregory, keep scrolling back and forth Sherelle since you're it's a snake draft and you're still up you get to pick your favorite walk-on to to complete your roster and uh, Uh, if you if you take the one that I talk to a lot we're gonna have conflict okay that's fine (laughs) 
Can I take Luke makes too, even though he's already on someone's team? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, I'll go uh, back to, again, this is probably just because I was in school then, but uh, a a really good guy, CJ Hooker, was on the 2004-2005 team. Just a super nice guy, actually from Alaska. Um, Super nice, would play with you in intramural ball. Um, Just was just really friendly, always smiling. So I, I like that, you know, personality to have on my team. Nice. He just got a coaching job, or he's coaching somewhere. I think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know exactly where, but yeah, I saw that somewhere. But yeah, you know, I want to go with uh, what's the dude with the guns? The big dude, Caleb Ellis, the dude that looked like uh, like a bodybuilder out there. But I got to go with Dewey Burke. You knew that's where I was going. Yeah, biscuits, because we're gonna have a lot of biscuits with the team I'm putting <laughs> out there. So we might go for the 150. Uh, Chicken, egg, and cheese Bojangles special biscuits, two for one if we get 150 points. But, yeah, Dewey Burke will round out my roster as my my walk-on guy. Julius Peppers. No, 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 no. He was a walk-on. He was a walk-on. <laughs> he was a walk-on. Damn. Tommy said it and forgot. He literally, Tommy <laughs> he literally, he literally said that that was going to be his walk-on. That's who I thought he was going to say. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Bear Bryant rule. He was a walk-on. Oh, that's funny. Nice. Greg Barnes wins the prize. Gregory. (laughs) I'm going to take someone who that freshman year team, I thought, we we always called him Biscuit Boy because he came in and he hit that 100-point shot, and that's Aaron Rallman. All all my friends, it took us about 20 games to figure out his name, but he was Biscuit Boy to us. (laughs) You know where he's from, Gregory? He is from... Wait, no. Gastonia, North Carolina. Gas House, baby. Yeah. Gas House? Is that what you Gas- guys call is that what you Gaston- guys call it? Gastonia. Tonia, yeah. Stonia. Yeah, Gas House, baby. That's where <laughs> So let let's talk about um this as we wrap this one. It's been a long one. I hope folks have enjoyed it. It's about an hour and fifteen, hour and twenty minutes or so. Um Gregory will scroll up and down. You can look at the teams. I want our listeners to uh, chime in and tell us you know, who stinks, who sucks, who made the worst pick. I obviously screwed up the 11th round pick. <laughs> you know, it's like I brought the guy to the party and then walked away from him. Hey, it wouldn't have been so bad if you had to set it. If you, if you, <laughs> but you literally forgot it Look, in our 90 get, minutes. So you would take him over Dewey? A hundred percent. Sorry, Dewey. <laughs> Dewey. Dewey would take him over Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> I would just take him because we need to have him to fight your team because we're going to have one when we go up against your team with all those guys. No, it's been fun. Sherelle, who's got the best team? If you did, if you can't pick yours, pick one. If we're talking about basketball, no outside variables, it's, it's Greg. Interesting. If we're ta- but, but if we're talking about real life where you're actually playing a game, it's still Greg. <laughs> i give you that. It's still Greg. <laughs> really? I yeah, I mean – I may have four suspensions, but yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be dressing more than one walk-on over there, that crowd. <laughs> Who's your starting lineup after it goes south, Greg? Tyler, Kendall, Marvin, yeah. Brendan, Little, yeah. Dion. I have four bags on the court of it. Gregory, man, you're the commissioner. Close it out. You, uh, you've had a lot of fun doing this. It was your idea. Your idea to do these fantasy drafts and. Um, I thought it's been pretty fun, man. T- tell us some interesting words from the young man on the crowd. Some interesting words. I don't. I'm, I don't really have any interesting words other than I'm not scoring less than 80 points a game, 
and I'm going to run all over your team, Tommy. Okay. Well, you're going to lose. You're going, you're going to learn today, and you'll learn often because Ty Lawson's going to destroy Kobe, and Cam's going to just shoot over top of Danny. Uh, it'll be fun. Greg, go ahead. I'd love to see a Ty Lawson-Kobe White one-on-one. That'd be a fun time. Well, look, if any listeners out there that can, has got the time, create these teams on 2K, and then we'll play it up. We'll there you play. go. We'll play. Sherelle, appreciate you, man. You, yep. you are, you're chilling on the patio. If you're oh. watching on YouTube, the man chills on the patio, that, it, living the life. You got to get out of the house. This is the office. This is where I, I work during the day because the kids are crying, and so this is where I come. And Greg in the law library, as always. Yeah, and I'll just say, we, we drafted 40 guys, and just looking at some of the guys left, I'm not going to name them, but if we were covering any other school like NC State, like some of these guys would probably be starting for State. So that, that speaks to the, the talent level that, that UNC has had over the last two decades. It's pretty impressive. Well, look, the, the number one guy that's left on the board, who's it in y'all's opinion? I think it's Ed Davis. It's yeah. got to be Ed, yeah, it's for Ed sure. Davis. Yep. Ed Davis is playing in the league. He did not get drafted. Michael McAdoo was um, up there. I mean, the Wares and Larry Drew, um, yeah, I'm not so much. And, and Capel had a, a solid career at Carolina that was defined by that. Like Melvin Scott's not on the board. I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys that were good contributors. Yeah, it's been fun, guys. I'm going to wrap it. You've been listening to the Inside Carolina fantasy draft basketball podcast sponsored by johnny t-shirt.com i'm your host tommy ashley that's gregory hall on the screen greg barnes sherelle mcmillan as always shop johnny t-shirt rate us review us on youtube and on itunes and we'll see you around on inside carolina thanks guys thanks for listening to another podcast from insidecarolina.com brought to you by johnny t-shirt.com where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.